Blog Talk Radio. podcast. It's a great day. It's the beginning of a new week and it's the beginning of a new time of year. This is a uh, show is broadcasting live just as we're in, we're in the springtime of the year. Lots of energy of newness happening. And with that, I have to start the show um, with something I usually end the show with. I'm very excited to announce this. I've been keeping it under wraps for the last several months, uh, but we decided well, we had decided several months ago with my kids that this involves that we wanted to share this publicly, but this is my first chance to share it in this uh, medium. Uh, there's a new post on the Carol blog that just went up this morning titled, and <laughs> it's really, this is an emotional experience for me. So I'm so grateful that I can make this announcement. The title of the post is, the unexpected twist to how I am becoming a grandmother of twins. And rather than ruin all the surprises, I'm going to let you go over to the Carol blog and check out this post, the unexpected twist to how I'm becoming a grandmother of twins. There's quite a story behind this. Um, it's a story full of love and miracles and gratitude. And it involves um, my oldest son and his wife and, we're just really feeling the blessings of that as a family. And so please enjoy that blog post and please just join us in our feelings of joy and gratitude as a family and let us share that with you. I'll also, I think I mentioned that my oldest daughter is also expecting their fourth child, their fourth son, who's due. Um, she's going she's had to have cesarean births in each case so that's already scheduled that little boy's going to enter the world on april 28th and three new grandbabies in our family that's very exciting and jenny as you've heard me in on different blog posts and different places that you can learn about the four types of children it's common that mothers that are versed in this system that understand the energies of the four types often can get a sense of what types the their baby is going their baby is even in utero when they're in the womb and Jenny's feeling she's been right in every case um, she's had a correct intuitive hit on each of her kids and an assessment of their movement and she's got a type 4 son who's the oldest a type 3 son and then a type 2 and she's pretty sure this little guy's a type 1 so that'll be fun to meet the next uh, member of the family who comes this month and experience that beautiful energy that he'll bring and that we have the awareness and tools to support these children and living true and growing true to who they are. So I'm just thrilled to be able to share that with you today. Thank you for 
those of you that have already, um, the post has only been up a few hours and there's already a lot of comments. And in the post, you'll see it linked to my son and daughter-in-law, Sarah, Chris and Sarah's personal blog, where you can learn in more detail what their experience is and their journey through this. So enjoy that. I'll let you learn on your own. Today, we've uh, got a great show, How to Let Go of Mommy Guilt. And I'd say how to prevent mommy guilt as well. But let's start with a success story. This is from a type four mom and she writes, I'm a type four mom with a type four eight-year-old son and a type one seven-year-old son. My type one son and I are very different. Knowing this is me to see his desire for little gifts and treats as an intrinsic part of who he is and not just him being greedy. Recently, when we were on a family trip, I got him a special lunch and stuffed animal unexpectedly. It has been so wonderful to see him just glow under the effect of those random little treats. Normally, I wouldn't even think to do this for him. In the past, he has told me that he would like to live with one of his friends whose mom is super bubbly and takes her kids bowling into other fun places all the time. I knew he was wanting something about that experience, and it wasn't wrong of him. But I also knew that being bubbly and fun wasn't me. I have to be somewhat frugal, and I don't feel bad about I don't feel bad for that, but I think I felt self-righteous for it. I wasn't reaching out to my type one son and treating him with the same respect I was giving my type four son. I see now that my type one son needs to be honored for who he is, and I'm adjusting my parenting to accommodate his need for spontaneity and lightness. Again, such um, wonderful insights and such a willing heart that this mom has to make the changes that aren't necessarily uh, congruent with who she is, but congruent with her desire to be a great parent. And that's the difference, you know, that that desire to be a wonderful, amazing, um, effective parent overrides our own true nature's preferences. And that's just why you're all such amazing moms. So let's get into this topic about how to let go of mommy guilt. And I want to make a quick, another quick announcement. It's kind of a fun day here on the podcast. I recently was given um, every year I'm gifted a copy of the Tapping World Summit. Many of you are familiar with this online summit that's hosted every year by the Ortners, Nick and Jessica Ortner. And they then record this and sell it in a nice, um, all the interviews they've done, which are multiple, multiple interviews over about a 10 day period. And they send me the, the actual uh, recorded bundle. You know, it's this wonderful course that you people buy. You've got people like Donna Eden that's joined it this year. You've got David Feinstein. You've got um, some of the some of the staples like me and you've Carol Look. We're there every year. You've got some wonderful speakers that present in this program and they just I recently received my copy of the summit and what I've done traditionally every year is pass it on to someone else. So I'm going to give that away today to my first caller to share this wonderful, wonderful resource. It's a it's worth a few hundred dollars, and I'm going to basically just ship you what they shipped me: is the entire packet of the workbook, all of the audios. And I'd love to share that with someone today. So call in at 347-677-1963 and hit number one on your phone pad. I'd love to 
send this gift to you today. And if you, if you're looking for emotional healing and support, this is a really wonderful resource to support you in that. So back to my uh, first question, this type four mom wrote in and said, I have a hard time being a mother. And I wonder if this is normal for a type four. We just moved and I've been unpacking and haven't been getting my alone time. My husband is also in the army, so everything is stressful right now. My daughter is three years old and a type three, and my son is 18 months old and a type one. How can I make being a mother easier and more enjoyable as a type four? I'm worried that I'm harming my children by being a grump and dealing with some depression anxiety. Well, yes, um, the good news is that you're, you're actually noticing this, that you're not that you want something better for yourself. You want some, you know, something can be better. And so, you know, you have to really evaluate what resources you need to put in place in order to get the support you need. So you stay balanced. So you don't flip into the, you know, you've got a situation that you're dealing with, with, uh, if your military husband, whatever time he's away, you've got a new move. You've got to change some of your expectations, though, as far as the timeline of getting things kind of in order, balanced in place, structure. And you have to give yourself just less. We tend to, um, when we put too much expectation and the expectation is unreasonable for the situation we're in, we'll create guilt, we'll create anxiety, we'll get stress that can lead to depression. So it's not just about getting your alone time. You know, that to me is easily achieved. You get support. You either hire a babysitter, you hire um, someone that you can drop your kids off, that you can, there's good childcare in the world, you know. This is readily available in the time in which we live. You make arrangements with another mom where you swap your children. But you, to me, that's the piece you should be able to build into your schedule, into your lifestyle, and invest in. Yeah, my sense here, though, is not about your alone time. It's what you expect to accomplish in a given day with all that you're seeing wants attention. You know, unpacking, setting up a household. Uh, what do you require of yourself, and is that reasonable? So to be able to pause and just say, is it my expectations that I am putting on myself? How reasonable are they? And then see if children interfere, if they feel we're stressed, they get more stressed, they put more demand on us, they create more interference from the things we want to get done and the progress we want to make and the kind of the doings of life, the management of life, and then we are resenting them. And then we feel guilty that we're resenting our own children. See, so you got to have to track it back to where am I setting myself up here? Because we are all, we do this to ourselves. Where am I setting myself up that's putting me in this compromised position? But then I'm feeling like it's my children that are the interference. And therefore, I'm then labeling or judging myself that I have a hard time being a mother. Um, what choices are you making that are supporting you being, making it, you know, I'd say to you, what what perceptions, expectations, and choices are you making that are making it a hard time being a mother? What, which of those do you need to change that will make it easier being a mother? And I think you need to evaluate that and make those changes. So what 
can I expect less of? What can I take more time to accomplish? Uh, what do I need to change my standard of? Uh, you know, you, that doesn't mean you wouldn't prefer it a different way, but right now, when you have two children that are full-time, required full-time care that are in your household, they, you know, they don't go to school, they're, they're young, that needs, you just need to adjust your life to say, this is where I'm at right now. It's not going to last forever, but you need to make the accommodations to say, this is the phase of life I'm in. And so what expectations are reasonable for this phase of life? that I can then say, yeah, I'm having a great time being a mother. It's really easy being a mother because I've stopped expecting so much of myself and my kids. Now the guilt thing, I want to, I want to speak to that for a moment. You know, mothers can, you know, the current guilt, let's just say we just keep the guilt thing keeps looping in our culture. It just keeps coming back and here it is again, here it is again. Um, Good chance your grandmother felt guilty a lot of the time. You know, how far back could we track this guilt when it comes to motherhood? So maybe it's not even, or it's not original guilt. It's something that somehow has been attached to the experience of motherhood. So some of the top things mom feel guilty about these days, you know, are you feeding your baby formula over breast milk? Well, in my mother's time, this is the irony of this. My mother even told me, Formula kind of became the hot new thing um, when I was born in 1957. And I think you could have reversed this, that sort of the, you know, breastfeeding was considered sort of the old, old school, that if you were a good mother, you were feeding your baby formula. See, you know, what I want to point out here is, what are you referring to that's causing you to examine yourself and is it correct? See, because all of these change culturally, constantly, allowing your children to watch moderate amounts of TV, you know, oh, you know, do you feel guilty about that? Returning to work, putting kids in childcare, are you feeling guilty about that? Taking time for yourself, do you feel guilty about that? Feeding kids occasional junk food or fast food, you know, do you feel guilt about that? Anything related to a child not succeeding in school in a social setting. See, I could track it back to what did I feel guilty as, as a mother? You know, what, what was my reference to guilt? What was your, your mother's reference to guilt? What was your grandmother's reference to guilt? What was her mother's? So what I'm suggesting is this is something we just need to grow up and birth ourselves out of. This is an old energy that's been attached to motherhood for many generations. And... Uh, it's been an evolving cultural, you know, experience as to the culture telling us how we should be a mother, religious cultures, family cultures, religious cultures, cultures of our country, you know, the, the states in which we live, the countries in which we live. And we live in a time when we're, we are given the right, the privilege and the energy is open enough to say what, it, what are the what's the correct culture for me as a mother to create your own culture your own culture of motherhood to find what's right for you to not seek outside yourself to be told how to be a good mother the answers are within to go within if you're looking outside yourself for references to know if you're a good mother you're looking in the wrong place you need to go within yourself your ability to be a great mother is inborn in you 
It's innate in you. It wants to be activated in you. I believe your children are the perfect children you're meant to have in order to uh, bring that forward. They will give you the, the perfect challenges, the perfect opportunities, the perfect teaching moments, the perfect um, experiences that you'll play out with them to continue to awaken what is correct for me as the mother of these children. Nobody has your children. Nobody else has your family configuration. Nobody else has the souls that came into your household to raise to, I believe you have an agreement with them. I believe that you have a stewardship and you've agreed that they chose you in a manner to be the mother that you are all meant to then grow and learn through this experience and not to seek you then looked, you're guided to other resources. You're guided to things like the child whisperer. You're guided to books and websites or bloggers to say that then support the truth you're seeking that began within you. I love this quote by Byron Katie. She's a remarkable woman. She wrote a book called Loving What Is. Um, I follow her on Twitter. And you get a lot of really cool quotes from her. And I got this one last week and it says, with nothing to compare yourself to, aren't you perfect? And I really think the catalyst of guilt is you're comparing. You're comparing and what, why? It's an old energy. Every time it comes up, I want you to meet it with that. I let this go. I release my experience of motherhood. I am free to create my own experience. The truth abides within me and I will attract and manifest that, that which supports the unfolding of my own understanding as a mother and to add to my skills. You know, you have practical tools you learn, insights that support you and knowing what's correct for you as a mother that's correct for your children. Look within and every time the guilt comes up, release it as an old energy. I now choose to play out my role as a mother in harmony, joy, and confidence so that you just notice it's not an, it's an old energy and it's one we can awaken ourselves from and be free from. And it's been handed down generation. It's been a, in a manner attached to the experience of motherhood and it no longer needs to be a part of the experience. I have my first caller. Amy, hi, you're on the show. Hi, Carol. You just won the tapping seventh, seventh annual Tapping World Summit whole course I'm, book, workbook, yeah, course, the yeah. whole deal. Well, when I saw what your subject was about today, I figured I should tune in being a type four mom so I too can <laughs> learn from how to let go of the guilt. And thank you for your words. They, that really... That was just what I needed to hear today, I think, because yeah, yeah, I have, probably, I have probably, four boys under the age of seven. One of them's a newborn, so my expectations need to be examined, I think. So. Yeah, and and on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just something that, and, and a day by day, because with your particular um, household, uh, you can't expect a lot of predictable, certain things are predictable. They're going to wake up. They're going to want to be fed. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And I wake, up, I wake up running and everybody needs something. And, yeah. And it, it's never the same from day to day. And so 
But if, as a type four, if you need to say, well, I need something that's predictable and I can count on, then really you got to make it that simple. They will, they always wake up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're here. There will always be, there will always be somebody to smile at me. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, they're always, they're boys, my goodness, they're always going to be like, I, you know, boys tend to just yeah. like go after each other more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They like to mix it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think oh. I've learned, my mother struggled with um, fibromyalgia, the chronic pain. Uh -huh. And um, a while ago, I realized that I had emotional fibromyalgia where I would like feel this guilt so much that I couldn't distinguish between what was constructive and what was not constructive. And so I started, right, that's, I think. when I would feel those guilty feelings, I would think, you know, is this, is there something I need to do right now to change? And, and usually it was a case of, you know, I needed to connect with my children for a minute and it only took a minute. I didn't have to sit down and play with them for hours, but if I sat down and, and just connected with them for a minute, then I could move on and feel like I had that connection. And so I realized okay. that that guilt of feeling like I'm a bad mom just kind of meant you need to connect with your children. And then it mm. didn't matter anymore if I was a good mom or a bad mom. I was just a mom. And I, and I yeah, because the children aren't thinking you're a bad mom. They, no. they want you to be, you know, they uh, uphold you in a positive light they want their moms to just show up in a way that they can um, easily interact with them you know well the tapping world summit that's a are you familiar with EFT or energy tapping I my mom sent it to me a couple of years ago saying you need to do this it will help you and she she showed me how it works and I I actually just I was going through some old to-do lists and I had it on it to and I was like oh yeah I need to figure out that tapping stuff. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. It's like Great. all aligned, I guess. <laughs> you were meant to win this today. That's perfect. Well, I'll have you give your shipping information to Stephanie, my producer. So don't hang up when we go off the okay. air. She'll talk to you and get what she needs from you, and we'll ship this out to you, and like, you'll really enjoy it. And just, you know, uh, even if you listen to it 30 the nice thing is it's you could probably download the audios and put them on like your phone or something and then just listen to it while you're when yeah. when you're nursing or doing something else and doing dishes that right Yeah. And just so. just take it gradual. You've got a, you've got a busy household. Just do what you can. Yeah, no, that'll be great. I one of my mottos was when my kids were cuz I had a similar household when my kids were really young, you know, I had five children or four children, six and under. Um, some days, honestly, it was if we went to bed and everyone was breathing, nobody was bleeding, and they were safe, um, I, it was a good day. Yeah. I figure, I <laughs> That's how simple it had to get. If less than two children are crying at one time, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> And I, I, I started tradition um, when they were real little, that carried on even through their grade and um, secondary school years was we started to get right down the street from us within like a five minute drive was a little Caesars pizza and they had $5 pizza, you know, and every Monday night 
I gave myself that because Sunday seemed to be such a crazy, busy day. And then more going on that my, every Monday night for years and years, we just, we had pizza night. Yeah. And the kids grew to just really loved having pizza night, you know, and it was my way of just like, and I just didn't want to think about dinner and great. It's once a week. Little Caesar's pizza is not going to kill my kids, you know. So, yeah, yeah. things like that. Well, it sounds like you've got a great attitude, and and your children are very blessed to have you as their mother. Well, thank you for your support. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for calling in today. Uh -huh. Another question that was emailed to me. I'm a type two mom. I became I became pregnant with my type one daughter six months after losing my four month old firstborn son to SIDS. And I just want to say I'm so sorry that you had to go through that because that is a, a tragedy that's um, you know very challenging that to lose a child. And so back to this monster question. As you can imagine, the pregnancy itself was very emotional as I was still working through some heavy emotions, but she was also a huge healing factor in my grief. As it is, I have often wondered how grief affects the baby in the womb and if I could have passed on any of my grieving emotions to her. She's almost four years old now and her emotions and reactions to anything big or small have always been over the top. Can that be a result of being carried in the womb during such a difficult time? You know, it might be, um, and she might have um, considered the possibility she may still be a caught. My sense is that she helped pr you process emotion. She was a part of your emotional energy in the womb, she's still probably connected to you emotionally now. So when you're, um, she may be amping up her kind of running emotion for you. So it's over the top, meaning when it goes through her system, it's going to become amplified when it's really more your emotion. So a little trick you can do is literally just imagine your energy, take it back. And I've taught this before on the show, pull it off her and bring it back to yourself. Don't, you don't have to say anything. When she's running that over the top emotion, pull your emotion off her and choose to run your own emotion now. Because I think you have this emotional relationship going on that was established in the womb when you were going through so much emotionally that she's not been given that kind of freedom of space, energetic space to just know her own emotion. She's like really connected to you emotionally still. And as you pull off, your emotional energy and, and just let it run through your own energy body and through your system, she'll be able to express her emotional self, which is independent of you. I think it'd be that simple for you to make that adjustment. Then this mom writes in, I'm a type three mom. And 12 weeks ago, we had our first baby, a type one little girl. My maternity leave is ending this week and I'm heading back to work. I have a career that I love and a husband who supports me in it. I'm also the main breadwinner for our new little family, but I am really struggling with the thought of leaving my little girl at such a young age. How do I know if this is something I should take action about and consider staying home or if it's just a feeling I need to push through? Any insights are appreciated. So you've got to know you come from a, um, a cultural experience or reference that said moms stay at home, dads go to work. But the fact that you're the, the primary breadwinner, is there a chance that your spouse, the dad, could work less if you just in and this is happening more and I kind of like it I like that we're getting out of this gender stereotypes there's many cases that some women have more potential for income than their spouses and they have more of a career track 
and they actually have so you might want to make arrangements that if you're if the dad could be more of a primary caregiver for the child or be the one to adapt his schedule so that both parents aren't consumed by work as much at least one parent has more presence and then a lot of companies are much more proactive these days to be able to give mothers if you're a value you know i don't know your career i don't know what you're doing you didn't mention that but if you bring value to whatever you're involved in i don't know if you're entrepreneurial i you know let's just say you work for someone else but if you have a real valuable um, effect on this company with what you bring with your talent you can negotiate some variables there as far as work days at home you know and that's tricky because you'd have to make sure you could pull that off with if there's nap time or that you need to have someone else in the home so that you know that you can have a given amount of hours you can give to work but what can you do to get creative with your career so that it gives you more options with your role as a mother and the other thing I like if you know you're going to be invested in a career it's I think better to bring someone into your home so your child is in the care is being cared for in their home in the space that they're being that's their personal space a part-time nanny um, so you're not dropping them off into other people's space if this is something that a lot of time if they're in child care for extended period of times so I just personally think that is better served either in a family member's home if that family member is really I mean it's not always the case they gotta be a healthy family member that knows what you know that can really support your parenting approach and that's the tricky thing too if it's a someone giving you volunteer time you have less leverage in order to give feedback and say this is how i want you to handle this thing because now you got to just be grateful and gracious about their willingness to help you with your child care when it's someone you're paying you have the right because they're now you've hired them to be able to give feedback in a way that um, influences their caregiving approach so that you get the benefits of what you want for your own child see so those are all just things you gotta look at and make decisions based on what's correct for you, your your child, your marriage, and the family. So, good questions to ask, though. The next uh, question that came in is again from. Oh, I think that might be it today. The lines are open if you want to call in. I've still got some time to take live callers. Three four seven six seven seven. One nine six three. Got a few more minutes on the air here. Now's the time to call in if you're listening, because uh, I don't like to take callers any later than the show's forty five minutes. So you got about five more minutes to call in, so I can take your question. Back to the whole guilt thing, though. I like um, if it's something that comes up for you regularly. It's definitely something that's sort of been inherited. You've kind of been you you. It's something that's run in your family system it's generational and so don't act like it's your guilt meet that as something that you know you're innocent in a way I'm a, you, you, even a nice thing to say to yourself I'm a great mother that's feeling the energy of guilt I choose to let this guilt go type ones let's talk about what each type tends to feel guilty about as mothers type ones you'll feel guilty if you go let yourself have fun it's kind of ironic because it's like you need to give yourself that space and that 
social experience and then you'll feel guilty about it because you have this idea that in order to be a good mother you've got to be serious about it you've got to really take it seriously you know you shouldn't be wanting to go off and have fun with your friends so you can run a lot of guilt around that and yet it's essential for your own self-care that you have those breaks that you mix it up that you have variety and you can get out of the routine you know a good good vacation with you and your your spouse your partner um, once a year something to look forward to you know what do you have to look forward to in your life and are you feeling are you letting guilt stifle that you know are you letting guilt keeping you from creating those things to look forward to because that helps you get through the routine the more the things that are more of a drudgery for you that are just more um, part of maintaining a household maintaining life and raising kids take two is you're going to be the more again this is the emotional energy you're going to have a, a you're going to judge yourself really severely. You know, you're going to be so hard on yourself about and more likely to compare. So your nature to fret over things and to, to worry about things you think should be different in your mothering approach. You need to just notice your tendency that you... I was talking to, I had a, a event on Saturday and I met a type two mom and she talked to me about this, about how do I stop this tendency to worry and over getting so sensitive about, you know, am I not good enough? I'm not doing a good enough job. I'm feeling bad about that. And I said, well, kind of see it like eating. Uh, and you know, your appetite tells you I'm full, you know, I, you've, I've eaten enough. I don't need any more. This is enough. Now you run into problems with food when you don't listen to that signal and you keep eating and you overindulge and you go too far with it. You're out of balance now. And then you get side effects from that. You gain weight, it's not healthy for you, you get, can get disease. Well, every type has their signal of feedback, much like your appetite that says, this is enough. So in the type two world, you need to tune into that signal that's telling you you've pondered on this worried about this enough you need to put it to rest everything's really okay enough is enough just like your appetite because if you keep going with it then you get out of balance then you get into that place of, of getting depressed and the guilt moves into depression now for the type 3 mom you're going to feel guilty when you're overdoing it you're spent, you're tired, and your temperament is on the edge, and you lose it. Because your self-care, whether it's eating properly, getting the right exercise, the right amount of sleep, if you put yourself, uh, if you compromise yourself, because you're the physical connection with the world, if you're compromised physically, you're emotionally compromised, you're more apt to react to your kids in a harsh manner, and you're going to feel guilty about it, which is probably a good thing that you feel guilty about that, to be overreactive. But what are you doing that's setting yourself up to go there so that you overreact then have to run the guilt? So that's preventative. Type four, again, this is this adapting your expectations, your standards. Your, you have this sense of the perfect mark, the way it should be. Uh, this could be better. 
So you got to like adapt that kind of measurement because your mind has this ability to kind of measure things to this uh, a reference to how does this compare to this measurement I've I've calculated in my mind, you know, I want to I want to meet this standard I've set. So honestly, maybe you need to alter the standard like we talked about earlier to say, well, the standards, you know, and I don't don't think of it as hierarchical, high, low, this one's better, this one's not so good. Just play with them in a way that said, this is reasonable. This is a expectation, a standard, a mark I can meet, a measurement that's reasonable for where really, honestly, the scenario I'm in right now, the age of my children, the amount of time that I spend with my children, what's happening in our family system, what's going on in your life to say, I can meet that perfectly and then have the sense of fulfillment rather than something that's unreasonable that you then, because then you run guilt on the fact that you think somehow you should be pulling it off, which is unreasonable. See, so you have, you got to alter the mark you've set, the measurement you've set for yourself, because you'll feel guilty if you don't meet it. So shift that up and you're going to meet it and feel fulfilled and you eliminate the guilt. And so there's those variables for each of the four types. And then there's the generational guilt that has been handed down to us because we have this guilt energy that's been attached to motherhood for so many generations. And remember my quote by Byron Katie. I love this quote. With nothing to compare yourself to, aren't you perfect? So look at what you create as far as comparisons. Uh, you heard my, you may, I don't know if you heard me announce at the beginning of today's show. I have a wonderful new post on the Carol blog, the unexpected twist to how I am becoming a grandmother of twins. Check that out. Wonderful family story that we're sharing. And on the child whisper blog, are you oversharing your children on social media? I don't have, aunt, I don't, I can't tell you if you are or not. This post is comprised of a series of questions to ask yourself to discern your answer to that question, because I don't think anyone should have that answer. See, again, back to the whole guilt thing, who, who are you giving that power to, to give you your answers? That's not their role. Take that power back. Those answers are within you. You just need to know what questions to ask yourself to receive the answers that you are the best bearer of you have the answers that are best for your children and your family. Other resources, including me, the Child Whisperer of this world, are just here to support you in bringing those answers forward and to give you practical tools and a very practical, practical, easy to use profiling system that helps you sort a lot of things out so you get the best answers for your children. So thanks for tuning in today. Thank you to all of, all of our Facebook fans. Go to facebook.com forward slash the child whisper and join the community there. We also have private groups for parents of each of the four types of children that you can ask to join. And those are very nice support systems that you can be allies to each other. And remember to add a positive, wonderful, an energy of contribution and upliftment to the spaces that you join in on social media. Let's make those spaces places that we can 
feel love and support and join with others in creating healthy communities. Thanks for joining me today on the Child Whisper podcast. Until next time, create a wonderful week with your amazing, beautiful family. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.